Welcome to hell. Can I take your order? Hey guys, welcome to our weekly service industry podcast called Here Today, Gone to Hell. My name is Rachel and I'm joined by Shawnee. Hey. And basically this is a, a brief cap of what happened over the week, the weekly fuckery of the service industry that we will share with you guys and... Yeah, let's let's see how it goes, let's dude. Fucking, let's just get it over and done with. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. Names and characters are either products of the host imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to persons, living or dead, is coincidental. <laughs> <laughs> Please, dude, uh, tell me how your week went here at Ruby Soho. Well, I had a fucking week. I know, I heard, and I'm really excited to hear the story. And I'm also really excited to share the story with everyone else, in part because it's entertaining, and then another element of it is it highlights a lot that we do have to bring to light when it comes to the service industry and what bartenders have to deal with, as far as customers being shit. And also, like, holding customers accountable. Like yeah, that's, you, a, that's the biggest takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. So, this week... We had a full moon. Anyone who works in the service industry can feel intuitively when that happens because it really does influence how the night goes and it usually ends in chaos. It really does make a difference. I will see people behaving badly or just weirdly and the first thing I say is, is it an actual full moon? And because it usually what always the is. Fuck, exactly. What the fuck is going on? And so what I'm about to explain feels like it was absolutely written, like it was destined for this night to go bad. I'm, even Leanne Rhymes has that song called Can't Fight the Moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, because I know what the story is about. <laughs> I guess you can fight during the moonlight. <laughs> so there were a couple of warning signs. The first is that the bartender who was scheduled to work cancelled her shift on the day. Now, anyone who works in the service industry knows the only way to survive a full moon is to not stray from the routine. Exactly. So that's sign number one. Sign two, and this is kind of dark, but I was in a good mood. And the law of gravity dictates that what goes up must come down. Okay. Yeah. So that's usually a good tell. If I'm in a good mood, I'm like, oh, tonight who, is going to be terrible. Who is going to come rain on my parade? <laughs> who will be the one to ruin it today? I can't wait to find out. Exactly. And so <laughs> what happens is that Karate Kid and I, I have to, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty, that is such a perfect name <laughs> for the bartender who was working that night. We're not going to use her real name, but Karate Kid is so, so fitting. <laughs> and I also think it, like everything I'll explain now really foreshadows what I'm about to get into. <laughs> We all know this is about a girl fight now, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's just like really tell all the listeners if they aren't getting our personality. We called her Karate Kid because it is about a fight. <laughs> Perfect. So the beginning is quite eerie. Karate Kid makes us these extravagant hot chocolates with whipped cream and sprinkles. And just as we take the first sip, I hear her say, Oh fuck, invaders um, is here. And that's exactly what this girl did. She invaded our space. <laughs> I love the names you've chosen for these characters. <laughs> so invaders um, being one of my favorite cartoons ever. Rachel <laughs> is influencing me to be a nerd. <laughs> 
Okay, so the customer's name is Invadism. Invadism. Okay. And as soon as she walks to the door, Rachel, I swear the cream on the top of my hot chocolate went flat. My milk went sour. <laughs> and I just like immediately retreated to the side of the bar that's like furthest away from the customer. <laughs> and Karate Kid and I are really just focused on keeping our eyes on the front of the bar. And I always do this thing, and I don't know if anyone else does, but I will pretend to be so busy just to avoid talking to someone at the bar that I'm really trying to oh, not engage with at all. I do that all the time. I like treat them like bears where I'm like, don't make eye contact. Don't make any sudden movements. <laughs> play dead. And if, yeah. And if they carry on talking to you, play dead <laughs> so that they get the hint and fuck off. <laughs> and they just fuck off. Um, hints were not taken. <laughs> if they were, there's so much that could have been avoided. Um, emails wouldn't have had to be sent. That's but... okay. We ignored them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and the overall theme with this story, I feel, is that you can postpone the inevitable to some degree, but you can't stop it from happening. So ultimately, Invaders um, has to come to the bar. That's where she'll get her drinks, which sounds foolish because I now know she didn't want a beer. She wanted to devour our souls. Oh, she wanted a tall glass of your souls, please. Yes, on All the rocks. fun will be destroyed on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also the problem. Once you're the bartender, there is no avoiding the customer. No, you can't. They are going to end up talking to you sometime during the night, no matter what. Yeah, but I feel like the content of this conversation is very important because had she just come up to the bar and ordered a drink, drink we all could have moved on and maybe discussed this in a different setting. Um, but she ultimately was like badgering Karate Kid to talk about this conflict that they have. So that's important to state. There's existing conflict between the two of them. Oh, so like outside of work, they already had beef. They already hated each other. Yeah, already hated each other. And I think what happened, because I'm so good at figuring out these things, is that Invaderism hangs out at Ruby Soho anyway. But Karate Kid rarely ever works the bar. And now this is what I'm talking about, that last minute change where Jose canceled her shift. And so now Invaderism is realizing, oh crap, I actually have to go to the bar and talk to these girls and we haven't sorted out our conflict yet. So all of it could have been avoided if Shose just did her shift. If she did her shift. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Shose, I hope you're listening. <laughs> this is all your fault. No, but I'm also in this weird position now because of this podcast that I want people to be shit to me so I have something to talk about. So I'm also like, <laughs> thank you for cancelling, Shose. There's always a silver lining and I want to make sure we end this on a high note. <laughs> As in, I'm going to have an edible straight after. Uh, <laughs> um, so... Karate Kid eventually gets fed up because, again, she is at work. Now is not the time to sort out any sort of fight or conflict or, like, beef that we have between us. Also considering Invaderism works in the service industry, at least have, like, extend me the courtesy of waiting for me to actually have a free moment. I actually, like, completely forgot about that when you told me about the story. She is a bartender in a different venue. Yes. Okay, like quite far from Melville, but she knows what it's like. She should have at least been a little bit respectful of the venue and what we already go through because yeah. she knows. But another like key point is that this isn't even the first time that she's like badgered Kayla at work before. 
So oh. I do think that it was just like this bubbling well, now of you know someone. Who, uh, karate kid is. Oh my fucking! <laughs> she doesn't. I mean, we'll find a way to cover that up. <laughs> <laughs> and Karate Kid, like I said, gets fed up, and she circles around the bar, like to the other side, the side that we don't go. <laughs> I like where the people are. I immediately feel like comfortable when you move over to the other side of the bar. You're like, oh, whoa. Oh, oh. Whoa. <laughs> I'm not in my safety zone now. No, they can, no, no, no. The people can get to me here. It was not a safe zone for anybody. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Karate Kid basically goes to the other side, I imagine, to defend herself and her territory that now was invaded. And I guess if <laughs> the pandemic taught me anything, it's that we'll have to keep working even if there is an alien invasion. Even if the invaderism just walks through the fucking door. Like, <laughs> you got to keep the show going. So I had to find a way to balance serving customers, keeping some sort of peace, and then also keeping Karate Kid down. Um, oh, and you know how hard that is, like, talking a person down <laughs> from this, like, this ledge that they're about to gladly dive right off of because she already has beef with this person. She's ready to teach her a lesson because now she's also in her territory yeah. and trying to do her job. Talking someone off that ledge is just close to impossible. Yeah, because the the breaking point was invaderism actually like gossiping about Karate Kid on the other side of the barn, like swearing at her. Okay, but like the moment someone had to swear at a bartender... I think I would have kicked them out immediately. Immediately, yes. Yeah. Uh, and it goes back to what you said about like holding these customers accountable mm. is because, you know what, someone's not just going to come out of the bar and fight you for no reason. I'm not saying that I condone it, but conflict is rarely ever one-sided. Oh, of course. It's not like we all get to work and be like, yo, I'm going to fight someone today. <laughs> We're all secretly MMA fighters and very aggressive. <laughs> no, that's not how we get that's into really shit. That's not how it goes. Yeah. But because I did name someone Karate Kid, I do feel like I have to explain why. It's not because we're fighters, but there was something I noticed in this fight that was just so skilled that that's what makes the name so fitting. Um, I literally watched her, and it's objectively funny. Like, I, I promise I'm so professional. She, like, I watched her calculate. Like, that's where invaderism is. This is where I am. Looked at everyone around her, realized, could not push through these many people. So while I'm trying to like pour someone a double gin, I'm looking at Karate Kid go, okay. And she pretends to calm down. Even I believed it. This is my best friend. Oh, this sounds so good. Yeah. I can see it in I my head. I believe she actually calmed down and everyone around her like backed off. Like, okay, it's cool. You came to your senses because she also isn't the type of person to fight. And once everyone had backed off, she was right next to invaderism. Without anybody notice, no. noticing. No, and then that is when I jumped in and I pushed them apart and I said, go to the fucking bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I got Invaderism kicked out, which she so gladly mentions in her email without accepting any responsibility for her own actions. But that's the next part of the story, that this conflict even then didn't die down. I had Invaderism's friends now in the bathroom with Karate Kid trying to like state a case. Your friend just got, <laughs> your friend just got snacked. Why aren't you outside with her? It was all very suspicious. Um, but it ultimately came down to this group of people not respecting a workspace. 
even I, after the fight. I'm just curious, when you managed to get Karate Kid to the bathroom, was she holding a, like a handful of Invader Zim's hair? <laughs> because if you guys have ever seen a girl fight, like we don't go straight for like punching or hitting someone or like, you know, bumping our chest together. We go straight for hair. Because like our, our hair is always big and done, done and, up. And Invader Zim's hair was actually in a ponytail. So if I have to like reach over people to get to you, I'm going to use I mean, that ponytail use as a handle. Exactly. I'm going to like move your body with your ponytail. And you won't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the first thing I thought of. I'm like, oh my gosh, chunks of hair in people's nails. Mm. And I mean like Karate Kid has nails that are like little daggers. I'm like, did she just straight in the throat? I didn't end up taking Karate Kid to the bathroom because that meant I would have left the bar completely unattended. Oh yes, good point. It was only you and Karate Kid on shift. Yes. And so I ended up calling... Yaku, who was a manager next door at Hulls, and I said, please send a bartender over so I can go to the bathroom and try and, like, talk Karate Kid down, but then also, like, talk to my friend, like, how are you doing? Are you okay? And then that's when, like, Invader Zim's friends were there just being menaces to society, and I also proceeded to tell them that I will kick them out. Well, okay, so, like, the end of that story is Invader Zim gets kicked out. Yes. But her friends don't follow... Invader Zim out to mm-hmm. check if their friends okay. They mm-hmm. follow Kayla. Yeah. I'm okay. Cool. I'm very suspicious. It's a very loaded story. The rest isn't really mine to talk about, although some of it is. <laughs> um, I did. But let's keep it. Let's keep it classy. So I did get an email from Invader Zim. I mean, like what three days after the fact? Because also I don't read well, my you emails. Read it three days later. Yeah, I probably got emailed <laughs> on the night, and it was pretty much yeah pointing blame at the the bartender and how she was assaulted in this venue. But I've already heard the whole story from mm. Shane and we've already like, you know, tried to figure out wh- how everyone should have reacted and, you know, could have, should have, would have. It's, it's all done. It's, it's, there's nothing we can do about it now. And um, straight after reading the email, I see Kayla walk into the Hell's oh, Kitchen office. <laughs> there we go. So I know Full she's name. coming. Yeah, she's coming to tell me <laughs> what happened and kind of apologize and explain that it wasn't completely all her fault. And she secretly like shuffles in and she's like, um, <clears throat> hey, hey, Rach. So I just wanted to say sorry about Thursday night. <laughs> and don't worry, me and Invader Zim have like completely sorted out our shit. So we're good now. We're good now. And I'm like, okay, well, I still have to reprimand you somehow. Yeah. I can't let this behavior just like happen. Bartenders mm. should not be hitting customers. No. <laughs> I'm going to suspend you. But I'm going to suspend you for yesterday because that was your off day. So consider your suspension done. Cool. Let's get back to work. <laughs> let's, let's get on with the show. Because <laughs> I just want to piggyback on something you said. Yes, we don't encourage bartenders to go around punching people in the face. I just, I guess I have a question about like where to draw the line. Because at some stage in people's experience of like bars and their bartenders is that like we're almost subhuman that you can like do anything to us, say anything to us, and we always have to be the ones to maintain professionalism. But that's also it. Like, we are human. So if you are continuously badgering or, you know, disrespecting a, a normal human outside on the street, expect to get on the, get in a fight. Yes, we are a group of people that are a lot more patient than most, oh, but there so is a breaking point. So I think customers also need to take a step back and go, why are we treating them in in this sort of mm. light and why are we pushing them? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people do want to see where our breaking point is. Yeah, and a lot of people think that they're also entitled to our time and to our space because 
the role that we have for the night is to serve them. Yeah. That our time is there. So we are there exclusively for them. But there is a point. Treat people with respect and how you would like to be treated. Especially as another bartender. And especially if you know how it is being a bartender. Mm. And so that isn't the only story this week about someone who frequents this area who should know better. Do you want to tell me about your week? Did you also have a fucking week? I also had a fucking week, but also in a good sense. Okay. Because, um... Uh-oh, gravity. <laughs> yeah, I came in in a really bad mood, but mine went the opposite way. Because <laughs> when this happened, I was delighted. Um, I finally got to ban a customer from Hell's Kitchen. But this is a customer that always does enough to piss people off, mm. but not enough to actually get banned. And I have just been waiting patiently waiting for him to just step over that line mm. for me to get in his face and be like, you are out of here. You are never allowed back. At oh, I understand kitchen. what you mean. It's, it becomes like a glorious moment because you've been waiting for I've it. I've been waiting because you have been pushing me to mm. that edge. You've been pushing our staff. Um, I'm smiling. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, no, dude. I am so happy that this no, actually absolutely thrilled. finally happened. It's so funny because thriller. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this particular customer let's call him uh, freddy krueger mm. <laughs> but it's also so smart and those who know know they know <laughs> the only reason we have like tolerated this guy is because he used to be part of a very well-known blues band and it was successful not because of freddy but because the guitarist was a like he was a really respected musician mm. and a good regular of hell's kitchen but this musician has um, recently moved overseas, which means all of the benefits that came for Freddie have now moved overseas with mm. the musician. And that means Freddie can't ride bitch anymore. Um, <laughs> She's going hard. <laughs> I'm going hard, dude. I have not liked this guy for but four years. Um, anyway, so he comes into Hell's Kitchen and he's smoking a cigarette. But this is in the middle of our Sunday night dinner service. Mm. And you know, you can't smoke inside Hell's yeah. Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen's not smoking it's, during dinner service. And it's a dinner service. So we have families eating their meals. None of them want your stanky ass, stale, drugged up breath blowing smoke over their meals. Um, so the waitress approaches him and says, you know, please put out your cigarette. He just full on ignores her. Mm. So she calls Thomas, our security guard. Thomas walks in and asks him to please put out his cigarette. He tells Thomas to fuck off. And like a child, runs into our office, which is only for staff, and like pushes the door closed. So stops Thomas from getting into the office. He ran. He ran, like a child. That's how Thomas explained which it. Which is also so ironic. That's like the opposite of Freddy Krueger. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You're supposed to like ominously walk. Yeah, and we're, we're running away from you. Exactly. Come on. And so some even, sense we always have. He even does being a villain. Being a villain badly. <laughs> That's how shit he is. <laughs> now, Ruben, my brother, is bartending. So Shout he, out, Ruben. Hey, Ruben. You're a dick. Love ya. <laughs> he climbs onto like a keg and peers through the window. You know, the window that looks between the office and the bar and explains to Freddie. He's like, hey, listen, this is the, the office. You're not. And Ruben's very polite. Like, I don't know so where he diplomatic. gets it from. It's, it's not you. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's definitely not my side of the family. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and he tries to explain to this uh, Freddie that 
you're not allowed in the office. That's only for staff members. And you also can't smoke inside. So please let the security guard in and listen to him and take your cigarette outside. He tells Ruben to fuck off. Now, if I knew that he told my brother to fuck off, I wouldn't have just verbally belittled this man. I would have just like straight on bopped him in the nose with my fist. Yeah. Because I am very protective over my brothers. I know it is unhealthy. I mean, those boys can get away with murder Mm-mm. and I will clean it up for them. No, but that's the, re- the nature of sibling relationships. Yeah, it is. I want to kill you, but <laughs> no one else can take but that from me. <laughs> only I can be an asshole to you. No one else is no, allowed to do that. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm your sister. Who the fuck is this guy bullying you? So, I mean, okay, I digress from like the actual story <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. about <laughs> Freddie Fucknut. And... <laughs> <laughs> Freddy Fucknut Kruger. <laughs> okay, so Thomas comes to call me and he says, there's some guy that has locked himself in the office. So I walk to the office, like politely knock to be like, hey, can you let me in? He releases pressure from the door and I like shove my way in. Mm. And I see it's Freddy. So now oh. as soon as I see it's Freddy, I am so, yo, I'm delighted, dude. I'm doing <laughs> one of those like, um, you know where you like jump and click your heels together? Oh, You're yeah. like, yippee! <laughs> <laughs> and I just let out three years of absolute Ooh, hatred. Three that years. I, I've been dealing with this guy for three years of bottling up my hatred for this guy for three mm. years and I let it rip on him. Yeah. Me and Thomas physically like restrain him, like hold his arms together and we shuffle him like a child that needs to help, like needs help walking out of the office and out of Hell's Kitchen while he screams profanities at me, which makes me even happier because I'm like, all of these things are just lining up for me to never, ever allow you back into Hell's Kitchen. Busy mm. telling me, you know, I'm a bitch and I'm too big for my boots. And in my head, I'm like, honey, me, the bitch with the big boots, are going to put this boot in your ass outside. <laughs> Of your <laughs> no, sorry, I was going to say something so vile. I'm actually holding myself back. And like yeah. you said before, the most patient people you will ever meet sometimes. Most bartenders. patient. So by the time I get him outside, now I have myself, Thomas, and Ruben. And Ruben, of course, is the karma out of the oh. sibling duo over here. So he manages to calm me down and not actually want to physically fight the man. So all we did was wave at him from outside and be like, goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. See ya. See ya. See ya never, loser. <laughs> You're never allowed back in Hell's <laughs> Kitchen. Goodbye. And yeah, so I am so happy. I have finally gotten rid of this man. And we don't ever have to allow him back into Hell's Kitchen. No, it's, it's a very beautiful, beautiful thing. And again, those who know are probably just as happy as we are. Well, I, uh, like about, I'd say, three or two days after the situation, mm-hmm. he tried to come back in with a group of friends. So... Thomas, now who knows exactly who this person is, lets the friends in, keeps him outside, and he's like, you're not welcome here. So Thomas goes, maybe, Rachel, will you tell these friends that Freddie is outside and isn't yeah. welcome in? I go and tell his friends, and they're like, so he can stay outside and wait for us. <laughs> so they couldn't even give a fuck that they pushed us, who are honestly extremely patient. I mean, you can do whatever you want at Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, that's probably what we said won't. in the intro. There are no yeah. rules. There are no rules. So the fact that you have pushed Hell's Kitchen to a point of getting banned. Yeah, that's very, that says a lot, guys. <laughs> you are a cunt stimmer. Of the grandest kind. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Such a segue. <laughs> 
that is so cool. That's so cool. Um, you'll understand why. Um, so I guess the question is, why the hell are we here? Like, why did we commit to this? It sounds god awful. Yeah. Why did we actively choose to deal with these people? You're like, oh, this is mine. I will have it. <laughs> this is the life I choose. Um, so my introduction to this industry was working at a cocktail bar just down the road. Like I mentioned, my Bermuda Triangle. I've literally just worked in bars on this trip. <laughs> and I basically started working because I wanted to gain some financial independence. I was studying at the time. And I got my first ever waitressing job at Six Cocktail Bar, which is, I mean, it has a legacy of its own. A lot of people are very familiar with the spots. It's been open for, what, like, Jeez, well, it's older than Hull's Kitchen. So Hull's Kitchen's been here for, this would be our eighth year. Yeah. So it's like eight upwards. So it's eight upwards. I think it's actually like upward of 15. I think they, they're, they're nearing 20. So they're the grandpapas. The grandpapas. <laughs> Just saying the word grand, I'm literally, I can't wait for people to like, finally like, connect the dots. Um, but it was a pretty intense first job to have. Uh, the training is quite extensive, so you basically do like a a two-week training that is unpaid, and that's not to like throw shade at anyone, I'm obviously just sharing my experience. Um, and you shadow another waiter or waitress for the entirety of like your training shifts, and you are not allowed to do anything. So your training is literally following someone around, watching every single thing they do, and I guess the reason behind that is so that you understand how to multitask all of the things you have to do on service because no one is there to help you. So you need to figure out how to, like, get a cocktail at the bar, get food from the past, be at the door to welcome customers, and, like, take everything to your tables alone. Yeah. But that is, like, the service industry, guys. You are a one-man team. Okay, yeah. yes, you do have, like, chefs and people making the drinks, but everything else, every other request that comes out of your customer's mouth is on you. It's on you. And that no. ultimately is how you work together. If everyone just pulls their individual weight, then it's a fully functioning system. Yeah. Um, and I think <laughs> the training and everything I had to learn was so intense that something very simple just fell by the wayside. Like, I could recite the menu to you like the back of my hand I probably still can I had a friend like a few months ago be like oh I'm going to six what should I get to eat and I remembered pizza's names just like off the bat and they have like all the pizzas named after movies so the fact that I even remember that is crazy (laughs) but on the night of my first shift like I sort of like alluded to in the intro episode is that I left with less money than I walked in with (laughs) which again is the opposite of getting a job (laughs) and the opposite reason why I went there in the first place. Yeah, um, secretly we're all really rich at home and this is just for fun. Ah, just for fun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like, we're trust fund babies. We're <laughs> I, not. I like being treated like shit. But parents, if you could get on that, that would be great. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who do I appeal to? <laughs> it's not parents. So... <laughs> I had a table walk in on my first shift and there were like upwards of 10 people and they ordered about 10 beers. And what I didn't understand is that they wanted ice bucket service. In my defense, they didn't express that. Yeah, but also like that irritates me so much. You, we can't read your mind. So but as, they all think we can. Yeah, but like as a customer, they honestly just 
rattle off their drinks, but you need to be specific if you only want one and a half ice cubes in it and a dash of water the size of my thumbnail. Like, <laughs> we don't read your mind. We never have been able to and we never will. And I also don't want to. It seems scary and it, dark and yeah. cold inside there. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, with bucket service, I don't know many... Um, venues that actually do a bucket service. Especially if it's a cocktail bar. Yes, and if it's you are primarily a cocktail bar, we do not cater for large amounts of beers yes. being sold. And why that's an issue uh, that they didn't mention it to me is that whenever beers leave the bar, they get opened. Yes. We don't give out like closed beers. No, you can't. You have to open them before they leave the bar. Yes, and <laughs> now I have all these open beers. I take it to this table and they look at me like... I died at birth. I'm so stupid because I should have known that they needed ice buckets. Sorry, you should have read their minds. Yes. Okay, yes. Oh, oh God, now I'm thinking about Edward from Twilight. Anyways, I'm, I'm going to move on very quickly. I'm going to move on very quickly. Now I'm in this like weird position where I'm like very afraid of my manager and it's my first shift. I'm so overwhelmed by all of these things. I have to remember all these rules I have to follow. And I sort of just like go there with like my tail between my legs and I explain to her what just happened and there's really no way around it. Like, what would you tell me if I have 10 open beers that I have to return to the bar? I honestly, and I know this is not the answer everybody wants me to give, but that would be your problem. You would have to pay for them. I would have to pay for them, I can't yes. put open beers back in the fridge and I also can't serve an already open beer to a customer. Yeah, that goes against bar etiquette. Yes, exactly. I did try to be a little savvy and I did like try to sell them to like the other waitresses and bartenders because I also can't drink 10 beers myself. I mean, I, <laughs> I can. But you should. I should. <laughs> <laughs> so she basically tells me, this is your problem. Bring the beers back. They're yours. Whatever you do with them, not my business. And I go to get them now. Have you carried a tray before? Has anyone carried a tray before? Oh, my God. So we have trays at Hell's Kitchen, but every waitress refuses to use them because you need a driver's license to operate a tray. I'd rather carry a beer in my cleavage. Exactly. Because at least you know where the sense of gravity is in your cleavage. <laughs> yeah. Because in a tr on a tray... And I've had a lot down there. I really know what sticks and what doesn't. <laughs> but on a tray, you don't fucking know. It is the worst thing to operate. Especially when you're already stressed out. It's your first yes, shift. and you're shaking. And exactly. Oh. So as I carry these beers back to the bar, I just uh, drop all of them. Oh. Mm. oh yeah, no. I didn't. And I was in such a weird place. I don't know, like, which beers to save. And they're all, like, making a noise. Everyone's looking at me. But that also always happens in slow-mo. You can see them rolling. <laughs> and then you hear the first one go, clink. Clink, clink, Yeah, it's like dropping a pot lid. It also just keeps like making a sound. Yeah, it doesn't stop, and you're just sitting there holding your breath, being like, "Please, please, please shut please, please, the fuck up." <laughs> so, when it's will not, this end? It's not a very exciting story, but I did for the first time realize that trays are a bitch. Yes, and you're, you you also stand a chance of losing your own money in this game like my boss at the time always said treat yourself like a private business if you will sure you're making money for the establishment but you also have to work really well that you're making like money for yourself and so I, I feel like I got completely thrown off by that thing this table didn't respect me because I can't read their minds <laughs> and it just really like affected how I interacted with everyone that night that I really didn't leave with any money but I feel like I just 
I don't know, man, pride is such a big thing for me. Like, I'm a Leo rising. I was like, I have to go back and show them that I don't actually drop ears all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I can totally do this without completely desecrating your floor with beers. (laughs) (laughs) And I obviously have more reasons, but we'll get into those as the show goes on, because I think I'll just, like, reveal them with every episode, but... Yeah, it's, like, something that you remember from back in the day. You're like, oh, yeah, and... Yeah, there was nothing that happened during that first shift that should have made me want to go back, but there are things that have happened after that that have really encouraged me to, like, stick with this. But do you want to... Definitely was not your first shift. No, it wasn't my first shift. <laughs> first time, any first time I've had really was never good. So, you know, if I had to walk away from things like that, I wouldn't have the reputation that I do. <laughs> so, Rachel, speaking of reputations, where did you work for the first time? Okay, guys. So, my first introduction to the service industry was the grand. And... To explain what the Grand is, it's a it's a high-end strip club. I know mm. that kind of sounds like a bit of an oxymoron, but it is like high-end whiskey, champagne. Mm. I mean, we were trained to be high-end waitresses. And before I get into like the dirty nasties of the Grand, I do have to say that it is still one of my favorite places mm. to, like, to be in or to work in, to go ever. I absolutely love the owners, the staff there, the dancers. And that is why I stayed there for three years. Um, So I just don't want people to get the wrong idea once I rattle off. I've only put in some of the rules that we had to try, figure out within our training Mm. compared to what we actually had to do there. Okay. So when you get into the grand, your first shift, this is before your training. It starts Mm. at six. Okay. They give you another waitress to train you up till 10 o'clock. So that means I have four hours. Four oh. hours to understand the whole of the grand and how it works. I, I can't imagine that. I had two weeks and I fucked up. Four hours, dude. And also, this is like my first waitressing shift ever. I've never waitressed mm. in my life before. And now to explain the setup of the grand and how huge this place is, you can fit about five Hell's Kitchens inside of the grand. Mm. We have five separate sections. We had the main stage. We had the dining room, we had the VIP area, we had the jacuzzis, we had um, the upstairs, which is like private, private rooms. Okay. Okay, so, and each section comes with their own rules. So, I'm just going to give you guys like a basic breakdown of what the main stage area where most of the clientele would go and sit. I just have a quick question. Yeah. Would you say that it's grand? (laughs) 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 Continue. <laughs> so, you get in, and you first the first thing you do is you choose a new name. Mm. I'm not allowed to be Rachel at the Grand. Okay. And I, they give you <laughs> a list of names. So, oh. you have to choose one of these options. This is so interesting. It's, it's such a weird concept, but I can also, once working there, I understand why. Okay. Um, I, were, I was given three options. The mm. one was Mary. <laughs> not a chance. Not a fucking chance. In heaven. I... <laughs> Not a chance in heaven, my friend. Which some people would call the grand. (laughs) (laughs) So then, uh, it's decided. Hi, Mary. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I am not a Mary. (laughs) So there's Mary, who's Jesus' mom's name. So I'm not going to be called Mary. Mm -mm. Then there's Betty. Can you imagine every second customer being like, hey, Betty. I'm really trying to block that from any sort of knowing. Yeah. Where's my drink, Betty? So that was not going to happen. And then the last option was Des. Now... In my twisted little head, Des is short for Desmond. 
every time a customer comes in and asks like, hey, what's Des short for? I'd be like, Desmond. Desmond. <laughs> so that was me. I'm sad. I'm No, Des. but that suits you so much. It does. Like the joking side, but then also Des is a hot name. It is. I feel like I really embrace Des. So yeah, for three years of my life, I was Des. Um, okay. Then you get a tray. Now the tray is an extension of your arm. You, if you drop the tray, you get fined. If you walk around the ground without your tray, like you forget the tray outside a bathroom, you get fined. Um, you serve every single drink on a tray. So even if the customer just ordered a shot of tequila, it gets served to him on the tray. Oh. So there is no holding a drink in your mm. hands. So we had to learn how to operate a tray and very fucking quickly. When your customer comes in, you curtsy for them immediately. So it's all very... Um, Kind of submissive. Yeah. Like the, the waitresses are submissive to the customer because they are paying for this luxury experience. So as a customer comes in, you curtsy. When, you curtsy at any moment you can. When you show them to your table, you curtsy while they sit down. When you okay, bring so it's them high a drink, end for real. you curtsy. Oh, no, it is high end. Because here at Hulls, we're like, what the fuck do you want? We're like, what up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> then when you seat your customer, you have to kneel. So your eye levels... I have to be underneath the customer. So the customer needs to look down on me. I cannot stand and look down on the customer because again, that makes sense. I it do it. I do it sometimes even like subconsciously. Oh, I do it here all the time because I can understand if people are paying for luxury and choosing to spend their mm. money at a certain venue, they want to feel like they are being looked off. Yeah. Especially like if their food is late or you have to apologize for something, it's way better to go at like eye level. Oh, definitely. Then try and speak down to someone. Yeah. But that was like a full on rule. If they ever had to see me standing while speaking to a customer, I'll get a fine. You have to immediately kneel. I mean, don't take this the wrong way, but my <laughs> knees hurt so much while I worked at the crash. You can't tell me that. <laughs> I'm absolutely going to take it the wrong way, but in my head, it's the right way, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the waitresses are dressed in full black. Mm. We are primarily little ninjas. Black power. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that too. That's not where I was going with it, but Okay. <laughs> We are supposed to be part of the shadows. So mm -hmm. you do not see your waitress. Like, we're supposed to place the drinks there, remove the empty glasses, give you fresh ashtrays without being heard and without taking any of the attention away from the dancers. Uh, I like the theatrics of that, I'm online. It is. So, like, that's also where I learned how to be such a ninja here. Jesus yeah, Rachel dude. is such a ninja. I don't think you understand. I can pack a fridge, fix the, the sound equipment, and deal with three customers with none of you seeing me. Yeah. Because I'm quick. I'm... No, but I like that. It's efficient. I like that a lot. <laughs> but that is where I learned it. We had to be in the shadows, wearing full black, drink glasses must disappear in front of the customer's face, and new drinks like, placed in front of them without me being heard. So you, like, lower yourself down from the ceiling. Now, if the owners or the managers think that you are making too much noise, you'll get fined. Okay. Now, if the customers look like they are... Their drink's empty and they're looking for your waitress. Fine. You'll get a fine. So you need to make sure if you see your customer take that last sip before your manager notices, mm. you need to be at that customer. I had similar side. training. Like, have you not offered this person another drink? You're basically a host. So if someone were at your house, would you just like let them sit there with an empty drink? While they're parched <laughs> looking for their next <laughs> 3,000 Rand whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you get three fines, you have a disciplinary hearing. So, if you're not necessarily liked, you'll get fired immediately. Mm. So you are always on top of your, ga of your game. Okay, you cannot run on floor 
but you're also not allowed to walk slowly. Mm. So you have to find that happy medium where you are walking with purpose. So even if you're spinning, you are not allowed to run at all, or you'll get a fine. If you are dawdling, you'll get a fine. Oh my so you have to find this happy medium. And that's also why I think I walk so fast now, it's all the time, even if I'm insane, not, yeah. even if I don't have somewhere important to be, it's with like a stride. I'm getting to my destination. No, I feel like I'm very much the same and I actually get irritated with bartenders or like waitresses who do stroll. I'm like, let's move with um, some purpose, guys. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> um, you can't talk to your table for too long because you're not allowed to take uh, any attention away from the dancers. So if you're talking to your customer for too long, you'll get a fine. So you have to try like get their drink mm. order, not interact with them, even though interact with them enough so that they tip you. So it is all very much like this fine balance. How the fuck? Yeah, dude, it was so intense. Okay, now we also call the strippers dancers. You are not allowed to call them strippers. It is more respectful to call them dancers because that's initially what they're doing is they are dancing for the customer mm. and they're not taking, stripping their clothes off because they start with very little clothing on. In yeah, the so that's not place. even like a fair name. So it's not even, it's not. It's not an accurate name. Stripper is not an accurate name. <laughs> <laughs> so the dancers, we call them dancers. They are also your customers. So you treat them exactly the same as Wait, the they're customer. your customers as well? Yes. So if they want to order a drink, you treat them like a customer. Okay. You get them okay, their awesome. drink within three minutes. Oh, yeah, they're, dan- they're fucking dancing. Yeah, they just there to dance. They still have to buy their own drinks. Yes. Now, when you seat a customer, you have three minutes to seat them, get their drink orders, place the drink order, and get it back to the table. Hmm? This place is huge. And you're also not allowed to so run. So it's not even just like three minutes to get the order, and then you have like another minute to get to the bar? No. You but it's also because it's so big that if you were allocated too much time, they would be waiting like 10 minutes for a exactly. drink. Exactly. Someone would dawdle to go like put the drink in. No, once they put their bums down and they order their drink, you have three minutes to run oh. from them to put your, your, your order into the POA system, okay. collect it from the bar, and get it back to okay, the customer. Okay, thank goodness. That's not as bad as I thought it was, because I thought you have three minutes to, one, take the order, then get it to the bar, and then get it back. Like, well, that's, I that's mean, crazy. like, yeah, because then you'd have to, if someone doesn't know what they want to drink and now they want to meet okay. you and all of that. So, so three minutes from when you have the full order. Yeah, from when they actually know what they want to drink. Okay, cool. Then that's when it starts ticking over. So okay, you can't cool. get their drink order and then go have a conversation with uh, a staff member. No, you get their drink to them or you get a fine. Or you get a fine. If you are five minutes late for shift, it's a 150 rand fine. If you are 30 minutes late for shift, it's a 500 rand fine. If you are more than an hour late for your shift, it's a 1,500 rand fine. There is no point in even coming to your shift if you are more than an hour late. I can't believe I didn't actually ask how much the fines are. So for like your tray. Oh, they they change them. So if I'm making too much noise with my tray, it's 50 rand. If I drop my tray, it's also around 50 rand. If I drop a glass, you pay 50 rand for the glass and then you'll also have to pay for the sound of breaking the glass. So it also depends on what the manager says. Most of it was just they like said a 50 sound rand. pollution. Yeah. <laughs> well, because we are ninjas. We are not there to be heard or seen. Mm. We are just there to oh. dun, 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 <laughs> get their drinks onto their tables. Happy Women's Day, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that one. Um, if, a cu- if a customer orders a bottle, they're not allowed to pour their own drinks, and you have to do all the top-ups. So once they finish their drink, you are back at that table topping it up. And I mean, that gets fucking tiring. Mm. 
you do not get paid a shift pay. You pay to work there. What? I know. It is, when I started, I was like, this cannot be a thing. And why is everybody staying if you don't get a shift pay? But the price points on all of the alcohol that you're serving people, that if you're getting your 10% tip on each bill, you're walking out with ridiculous amounts of money that all these waitresses did not mind paying. I have heard about that, how much money you could make in a night. Exactly. There's someone who like worked for like a month and then bought their mama house. I think that was as a, a dancer and not as a waitress because that did not happen with me. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm going <laughs> to rethink my move to the grand. Yeah. So the whole idea is the amount that you pay in actually goes to the bartenders as like a service tip. So okay. no one also felt particularly bad about paying that. We knew it wasn't going to the establishment. It was going to the other members that were helping and us. And that's usually a standard at most bars. You do pay like, yeah. like a percentage toward the bartenders for making your drinks mm-hmm. and then cleaners for helping you. But this wasn't like a percentage, like if you made money, you tip Okay. It. No, every ship the before standard. you even sign in, that, that money is there for the bartenders. Okay. When you sign in, you have to present like all of your waitressing tools. You have to have 500 rand float, two pens, a cigar lighter, a cigar cutter, a bottle op- opener, and not like a flimsy waiter friend bottle opener because these bottles of wine were 2,500 rand upwards. Mm. So you have to have like a legitimate bottle opener. Um, you had to have your name tags and... I can't remember what else was we were supposed to have. But if you didn't have all of I that... I wouldn't remember shit, dude. It, you had to have it all or you were not allowed to sign in. Now, the moment you don't sign in, that means you've missed your shift. It's a 2,500 rand fine for missing a shift. It, so what if you just don't go? You, if you don't go, you just pay that... Two, if you want to go back the next day, you have to pay that 2,500 rand. Is there any way to like job. dip and like hide? No. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> well, we are ninjas. You would expect... Us to know how to. To know how to. But no. Um, And that's just like the small, those are just like your basic general rules of the general area where the stage was compared to all the different rules that came with the VIP section, the jacuzzi room, the upstairs area, the dining room. Because also, guys, the food at the Grand. I've also heard about this. I shit you not, it is the most amazing food. If you guys are umming and ahhing about going to the Grand, just do it for the, even if it's just for the food, it's worth it. Yeah, Rachel promised she'd take me I when am. we're rich one day. When I'm rich, which is <laughs> probably I not. I can't believe I'm never going to go to the grand. <laughs> I'm very bad with savings. <laughs> no, me too. Okay, so now keep that in mind. I've had four hours to get those basic rules plus some. Mm. Now I'm ready for my, my first table. You wait in like a queue at the door, so no one gets sections. There's no like you get a busy section tonight. Okay. It is rotation. So whoever okay. walks in the door, whoever's turn it is, that is your table. That's sensible. It also keeps it fair. Mm. So now I, um, it's my table, my turn next. And luckily the person who walks in, it's just a single male. So I'm like, thank God. I have a single male. It's my first table ever in this insanity. Yeah. I'll be able to, to look after him. Yes. So I see some on the main section, like the, the area of where you can see the actual dancers, like the pole. I'm not explaining this very well. Okay, oh, wait, wait. so the stage. It's called a stage. Dance on poles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stage, stage, stage. Got it. Where the poles are, where they dance. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> no, that's, no, I thought it was, 
I'm not gonna lie to you. I just imagine like sitting at a table and then someone just like dancing next to you and there isn't a pole. No, so they. What like, is wrong with me? But I've also never been to a show club. There is like uh, I before this, I'd never been into a strip club. I honestly like could only imagine what happens in in movies yeah. with strip clubs where they have a stage and then everybody sits there hoying money at them yeah. like singer. And sometimes dollars. the girlies dance on the table, and I think that was what I was thinking now. So it's both of those at both. the grand. Okay. So the main focus of the grand is all the tables are surrounding the stage, which is where you can, you, you, all the customers are directly looking at the stage. Uh, and then there are two poles on the stage. So like you'll have two dancers on the stage at a time. I could actually be a dancer at the grand. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, a catwalk where you're kind of, sh they're showing off their stuff. Okay. Where they're like, look how pretty I am. And then that's why it's always rotation. It's a different goal. My eyes stage. are just lighting up. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing. I love the grand. Then you can also have the option of the dancers giving you a table dance, which mm -hmm. is at your table. Or you can ask them to do a private dance, which oh, is yes. the upstairs. Upstairs. Where waitresses are not allowed to go. It is only for the customers and the dancers. So we'll get, we'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> then you really are... Waitress. Because <laughs> I wait. Kitching. <laughs> <laughs> You'll learn uh, Shani is the queen of some puns. <laughs> I love the time. <laughs> um, so now the single guy comes in. I seat him. I get his first order. I bring back his drink. I've done it in three minutes. Okay, you know, first take. Impressive. Then after a few minutes, he has a, a dancer that's now sitting at his table. Now, I go back to offer him another drink, and she immediately goes straight into, I want a tequila, I want a cocktail, I want a coffee. <laughs> You're like, Jesus, girl, I'm going to have one. But if a dancer orders a drink, mm -hmm. you can't just put it on the customer's bill. You have to ask for permission for that drink to be put on the customer's yeah, bill. Well, because, I mean, that's only fair and it's a no-brainer it's a no-brainer so i go to the customer and go hi sir is it okay if i get um i can't even remember what her name mary. is but let's call her mary <laughs> yes mary her tequila now because the dancer isn't responsible for the customer paying the bill mm. they don't necessarily want you to ask the customer because if the customer says no then they have to pay for their own drink. Mm. So every time I went to ask the customer if I'm allowed to put the drink on his bill, I'm getting like death stares from this dancer. I'm also new, so she's not used to me at all. So yeah. she immediately thinks that I am not on her side. And I guess it also must be the kind of space where it is very important to have girls on your side. Yeah. And so, so if she feels like you're not, I guess I can understand why she's giving you a death stare, but also me knowing you, I'm like... Thank you, Mary. <laughs> but also, yeah, you knowing me, <laughs> who chose dares as a name, I'm like, I don't give a shit about your death stares, honey. Yeah. But the idea of doing that is because the waitress is responsible. If the customer gets his bill at the end of the day, and it is a thousand rand because 900 rand of it is dancers' drinks that he did not allow to be put on his bill. That's your shit. It would be my responsibility. Yeah. I would have to pay it. So I asked the, the customer, can I get her a tequila? Yes, I can get her a tequila. Then a cocktail. Can I get her a cocktail? Yes, I can get her a cocktail. So I get this dancer all of the drinks that she has now ordered, and the customer has given me permission to put it on his bill. Go back, give them their drinks, and, you know, it's a strip club, so you want to give them some privacy. You don't want to be that awkward waitress that is like, 
lingering over their table, yeah. and be like, ooh, what you doing and now? And also not what supposed you're to, about? from what mm. I remember, like what your rules are. Yeah, I'm a ninja. I must not be seen. Yeah. So I give them some privacy because you can see they're getting comfy. They're getting cozy. He's about to order what he wants for the rest of the night. Do you okay. know what I mean? I think I do. <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> I go back to the table and now the table's empty. They, they're gone and their drinks are gone. Now, from my training, my four hour training, which is not enough, I have heard of this magical upstairs. Mm. Now, it is a area upstairs that has <laughs> private booths. I'm so sorry. What? <laughs> Mary going to the magical upstairs. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please continue else I'm gonna ruin this whole show. The, um, fuck, where was I? Okay, so there's magical upstairs where they have private booths and the waitresses are not allowed up there. That is only for the dancer and the customer. Mm. You know, to do, I Sudoku. guess, whatever they want, play some fucking Scrabble. I don't know what they're doing up there. I'm a waitress. I don't need to know. <laughs> so I assume that they are upstairs. Um, I give them a couple of minutes, wait 10 minutes, go back to the table. And now I see the dancers' empty drinks are on the table. So they're around. They have managed to come back to the table, but I've obviously missed them somewhere. Mm. I leave it for a bit. Walk around again, still no one at the table, but I see the dancer in the dining room who's gone to get herself something to eat. I'm assuming that this customer is with her. Yeah. I let them eat, give them some privacy because now, you know, they're really getting to know each other and they want to have a meal together. Yeah, they want to eat. Chill. After 10 minutes, I go back to the dining room and realize this dancer is by herself. There's no way this guy is like hiding in a bathroom or been in the bathroom or upstairs by himself. So now I'm panicking. Mm. I'll ask her like, hey, love, or Mary, have you... <laughs> lovely Mary. <laughs> I, I lovely Mary. Have you seen my customer? Now already this dancer... Did does not like me. So, squiffied, death stares, daggers being thrown at me with her eyesight, like, uh, he left hours ago. Also, hours ago, you knew. I knew, and also that's an exaggeration. It was not hours ago. I'm a ninja. I would know it wasn't hours ago. Um, now I'm freaking out. This is my first shift. I've barely made it through all the rules of how to, like, you know, operate this grand mass of tables and people. Grand. <laughs> yeah. I'll stop and the bill that I have for this guy not only does it have his whiskeys on it it has all of her drinks on it as well but because I've asked for permission for those uh -uh. drinks to be on the bill it is my responsibility so you had no so I had to pay for the whole bill she wasn't going to pay for her drinks it was my responsibility I've already taken over yeah that. you've already like relinquished her responsibility of paying for the drinks mm. And just to give you an understanding of how expensive the drinks are at the Grand, a shot of Jose Cuevo Gold is 75 Rand. That's, what, six years ago? I don't even want to, I don't even want to say anything. I think I'm going to save all this anger for my art. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to channel this into my art. That is unthinkable. A Jameson, a single shot of Jameson is, I can't remember, but it's 80 or a hundred No bucks. ways. That's like what you pay for. That's more than you'd pay for a double here. Oh, yeah. I mean, a general bottle of Jameson is what, 379 Rand. But if you're paying a hundred Rand a shot of Jameson at the Grand, 
then a Corona is 100 Rand. Okay. Well, the Corona to me is expensive all the time. I mean, not to that extent. Not to that yes. extent, but it is one of those things that I'm like, it's expensive. So for a customer to rack up yes. a bill of 1,000 Rand and upwards is easy. It mm. is so simple. Now, your bills that you generally get at the grand, your normal starting average bill is 2,500 Rand. Yeah, because what's, like, what's the range for cocktails? Is it like above 150, I imagine? Oh, yeah, 100%. So now I have a bill hmm. of, I think it was 900 to 1,000 Rand that I have to pay for. And the whole point of me getting this job at the Grand is because we need, I needed a job where you got paid immediately, not waiting to the end of the month because no, that's, that's the pro of working at a bar. You get money on the day. On the day. Um, yeah. And that was my experience of my first shift at the Grand. So why did you go back? I think I felt responsible for the fact that I now owed this establishment mm. money and... I am so pig-headed that I'm like, <laughs> I stick to my word. If I say I'm going to pay yeah, someone back, so it's going to happen. And the next day that I went back, I made 2,500 rand. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. But that's also so why... you made some of your money back. Exactly. But that is also why people and the waitresses and the staff stay at the grand because it's strict, it's rigid, but you make the money to make it worth it. Mm. I want to ask, so the money that you make is that, like, you've obviously calculated that after you've paid to work the shift, after you've paid any, any fines, of your obviously, fines, so it's yeah. like your... Okay. That is your money. And they are, when it is your tip, there are no percentages that come off to the grand. If you've earned that money, that is your money. Oh. So even though it sounds, like, scary and daunting, they are very well run and, like, respectable in the industry because they you get the money that you work for. Yeah, the wins have to be equal for yeah. you to even stay because... As much as you say that you are like a pig-headed person or really like dedicated to what you said you'll do, you're also not someone who's going to like work if it's not worth your time. Oh, of course not. Like, time is worth money. I just remembered of a fun little story at the Grand. Okay. I have to tell you about it. Okay. Oh, no. So, she's jumping. She's jumping. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> I was... So, we have like a waitress station where we all sit mm -hmm. in front of the door waiting. And you can see the slide. Waiting. <laughs> <laughs> waiting as us waitresses do. <laughs> I am insufferable. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> and I see the sliding doors for the jacuzzi section mm. open. And the most miserable of miserable scholars walking out, like swearing under her breath with buckets and mops and like livid. So our manager runs to the, the scholar to be like, what, what's wrong? What's going on? And we see them talking and it looks like a story. You know, like one's upset and like swearing and then the manager's laughing and <laughs> so he comes back to us and we're like you have to tell you us. have to tell us what happened a customer and well two customers it was a couple mm -hmm. got two dancers to go with him a couple to, of customers a couple of customers <laughs> got two dancers to go with him to the private jacuzzi areas okay. so you get your own private jacuzzi booth so it's like in a room, no one else can see what's going on. Oh. And so you leave them there for however long they want to use the jacuzzi for. Once these customers had come out and paid the bill and left, you, the, um, the manager sent in the cleaners so, just to make sure it is I mean, you clean would have to. and ready for the next people that want to maybe use the jacuzzi. When the scholar got I am so into scared. the jacuzzi area, she described that there were multiple not just one, tiny poops. <laughs> I didn't, oh, I didn't expect it. I, that made me giggle. Why? 
<laughs> but like tiny little poops, not big poops, like miniature little shits. Do you know if they were of equal size? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I didn't personally see it. But around the jacuzzi. So like not like in candles. one spot. Yes, like tiny <laughs> shit candles. <laughs> Really sets the mood, doesn't it? The jacuzzi. So obviously, this is the couple's kink. Kink. It would have to be. Or it, else, like, I how mean, lazy are you? yeah. How lazy are you that you don't want to get out of the jacuzzi and go to the bathrooms, which are also an experience because there's walls of perfumes and it's like your butt gets massaged. Wait, there are walls of perfumes. A- that Carrie Underwood song makes so much sense now, where she talks about like her husband who cheats, and she's yeah. talking about how he has like bathroom polo. Yeah, cologne. Cool. So if you go into the, into the bathrooms, you have a choice, like girls have choices of perfumes that you can choose from. I mean, it is Do they like search you when you leave or up, like what? Upwards. <laughs> no, you do. You have your own kind of personal butler in the bathrooms that hand you fresh towels when you dry your hands. Okay. So there's someone always watching what's going on. So if you're shitting on a jacuzzi, it's because you wanted to, it's, ultimately. Exactly. It's not because you didn't like the experience of the bathroom. <laughs> it's because you are into shit porn. You are <laughs> and I don't mean bad porn. <laughs> we mean porn with shit included in it. So this poor cleaner had to clean up tiny miniature little poops. That's my only criticism. Sprinkled over a jacuzzi. That's my only criticism. I think if I were to go somewhere and be like, God, baby, I want to shit on you so bad. I probably would opt to clean it myself. But exactly. If you Unless gonna- watching someone else clean it is a kink. But they were gone already. <laughs> also, if you're going to like shit on someone's chest, at least like <laughs> keep it on the person. Like, you know, what, you yeah. know remove it yourself. Use is there, the is there some decorum about it? I'm not really sure. <laughs> Can we be hygienic about where you're shitting? <laughs> Please send us in your stories of shitting on other people. We'd love to know. <laughs> but that was like, that's the grand for you. It is delightful and insane at the Just, same yeah, time. Yeah, I can't wrap my head around that. And it's, I'm laughing like this isn't a real thing. <laughs> Guys, this is not a made-up story. It fucking <laughs> happened. <laughs> uh, okay, I mean, we do need to end this yeah, because we, we have end. a time limit and of course we have spoken over that time limit because we always, <laughs> we always do. do. Um, I'm going to let you know about our social media. So if you want to get in contact with us, please follow our Instagram page, which is here today, gone to hell. Send us a message of your first shift or anything that you experienced over the week. We would love to hear it and maybe read it over the podcast. Yeah, we, I, we would love to read it out. Exactly. I can't read, so Shanae will read it out. <laughs> Rachel doesn't read good. <laughs> and then I just want to say before... We close everything up. Thank you so much to everyone who listened to our introduction. We got such a great, overwhelming response that we're very excited to get to know everybody and have you get to know us. It means the world. Um, But that said, it is closing time. Get the fuck out. Finish your drinks. We got to clean up and do the shit all over again tomorrow. Bye. Bye.